My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Let us punish the guilty. Let us reward the innocent. My friend, can your heart stand the shocking facts about... Hi, friends. Welcome to Why Bloody Valentine. I'm Rich, and I'm here with Carolyn. Hi. And we watched Misery. Finally, Why Bloody Valentine has come back to Stephen King. I didn't realize this was a Stephen King movie. Yes. Arguably, it is the best Stephen King horror movie, but it's probably not the best Stephen King movie. I would say the best... Stephen King movie is probably Shawshank. Oh, I love Shawshank. Has to be it. It's like one of the best just movies. Yeah. And pro- the Green Miles in there somewhere too. I didn't know that was Stephen King. Yeah, neither of those are horror movies, so as far as horror movies goes, this is way up on the list. And it's about damn time we knock this fucking movie off the list. It is one of the classics. It's essential horror viewing for any horror fan. Which explains why you've never seen it. Correct. We will spend a little time on the cast because while it's not large, it is an excellent cast. First off, it's a Rob Reiner film. Rob Reiner, famously Meathead from um, All in the Family, The Archie Bunker Show, Mm -hmm. The Hippie Boyfriend. That's who directed this movie. Oh. He's kind of like directed a lot of movies. Like, he's almost more famous for like to the general public as Meathead. But this isn't even like the first Stephen King movie he's directed. He directed Stand By Me, which we just recently watched, the one where they're going to see the dead body. Mm -hmm. He directed that. He directed When Harry Met Sally. Mm -hmm. You ever see that movie? Mm -hmm. Spinal Tap. He directed The Princess Bride. I read that book and watched that movie. He directed The Bucket List. Did you ever see that? I don't know. It has Morgan Freeman and Jack Nicholson. That doesn't help me. Okay. It's where they're like old people and they're crossing shit off their bucket list. Oh, yeah. I saw that. But he's an amazing director because those are all... Yeah, they're really good. Ver- and varied. They're not like the same movie. It's not like he only directs romantic comedies or he only directs slapstick comedies or he only directs horror movies. He hits, covers all the bases. Yeah. One of our queens, Kathy Bates, stars as Annie Wilkes. She needs no introduction at this point, having been in two movies we have covered on this podcast. This very well might be her last appearance on the podcast, though. But there are some possibilities. Why? Well, we're running out of horror movies first off. And that's the most likely scenario for her to reoccur on the podcast. But there's a couple that maybe you'll pick, but we'll see. She would win an Academy Award and a Golden Globe for Best Actress for her portrayal of Annie Wilkes in this movie. Not surprised. She did really good. She was. She played an excellent crazy person. Fucking awesome in this movie. Mm-hmm. James Caan stars as Paul Sheldon, 
you likely know him from Elf, but he's been in all-time great movies, like the two, the first two Godfather movies. He was also in Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, El Dorado, and Dick Tracy, which Kathy Bates was also in. Lauren Bacall plays Marsha. That's the literary agent. Lauren Bacall was one of the stars of the golden age of Hollywood. To Have and Have Not, How to Marry a Millionaire, The Big Sleep, The Shootist, and a million other movies over the course of a 70-year career. 70 fucking years. She wasn't in this movie very much. No, no one was in this movie very much except those two. Yeah. Which is impressive as hell. Richard Farnsworth plays Buster. Farnsworth starred in, like, westerns, like, um... Comes a Horseman and the Outlaw Josie Wales. I fucking love the Outlaw Josie Wales. Never seen it. Lastly, Francis Sternhager as Virginia. This is basically the entire cast besides extras. She hasn't really been in anything you would know, but she was in The Mist, which we will potentially cover at some point on this podcast. So she may make a return. So that's basically the whole cast. Five people. Some extras, like there's the cop in the helicopter with them, reporter, stuff like that. No real other named actors. Maybe the store clerk, but honestly, who gives a fuck? So we have like five named actors in this movie, and spoiler alert, two of them die. Mm -hmm. That is a huge percentage of the named cast dies. The only other movie I can think of with a higher percentage of the cast dying is Cabin in the Woods, where the entire world dies. Yeah. So that's more than 100% of the cast. You've all waited so long for this. So let's get on with the movie. A cigarette, a bottle of champagne, and a typewriter. There are worse lives. I like all those things. I like a good typewriter. Did you have a typewriter when you were a kid? I did. Was it like a big one like this or one it of those? It was. I fucking loved it. There is something so satisfying, and that's why you're seeing the key, the typewriter keyboards make a comeback about the click clack of the keys. Mm-hmm. There's something very satisfying about that and infuriating, like when you type too fast and two of them get stuck together. Yeah. That's no fun. It's no fun. Paul Sheldon has completed his manuscript. Nothing feels better than a job well done. I can't imagine what it feels like to write something and finish it. I don't, I couldn't, it has to be orgasmic. You've never wrote I've never done anything like that. Maybe like a book report, but I've never written for pleasure and finished what I was writing. So, I am envious. I have multiple movie scripts that I've started. <laughs> Thank and done. I need I need an accountability person. Or Adderall. Or Adderall. Or both. <laughs> A writing partner. That would be nice. Someone that I can't let down. Because I can let myself down like a fucking Sorry, champion. Sorry, I have too many other hobbies that I'm neglecting. I cannot start writing with you. Yeah. You need to start spinning and knitting. Most definitely spinning. Specifically spinning. (laughs) I owe a lot of people. So I feel like this shit has got to be Stephen King projecting himself onto the character. He sees himself as that guy and getting through the book is misery, torture, Mm -hmm. which is Annie Wilkes. Except at the time of the writing of the book, I think Stephen King wouldn't necessarily be going with champagne. Well, he would definitely be going with champagne, but he'd also be railing a ton of cocaine. (laughs) he was so in the cocaine just a prodigious amount of cocaine and we're off your boy paul driving through the snow we live in the land of snow this is extremely reckless yes the moment he was going really fast yeah he wasn't slow and cautious the moment he saw that snow he should have slowed down he should have just turned the fuck around yeah 
he is a New Yorker. He no, should have known better. Yeah. This isn't some guy from Los Angeles. He should have known better. Yeah. It's snowing like fucking crazy. Like all this. Also, everyone knows when snow's coming. Yeah. That guy at the desk would have told him like, hey, there's a fucking blizzard. Yeah. Everyone knows. Yeah. And not only he can't even say that shit. Like at some point in this movie, you said, I didn't know it was going to snow. The mm-hmm. ground was covered in snow when he left. Like he was driving in snow and then he hit a squall. It had already been snowing. Yeah. So. It wasn't plowed or anything. So. No. Fuck off, Paul. <clears throat> and crash right under the roof. Down the hill, right under the roof. Mm-hmm. Bring back memories. I did that. Yeah. You did that. Not in the snow. Not in the snow. Just in the and normal I didn't, weather. I didn't go from the side either. I went ass over nose. Ooh, that's that's like real action movie shit. Yeah. And it wasn't snowing. It wasn't snowing. It was raining. Oh, it was raining. Yeah. I didn't even remember that there was weather. Yes, it was raining. What's it like? Slow motion. Is it? Yeah. When I when I crashed my tractor trailer that one time, it was slow motion yeah, too. It felt like slow motion. I wonder what that is. I don't know. It's it's really strange. It's fucking cool though. It's cool that that happens. I guess. We jump to a meeting of Paul and his literary agent. This is a flashback. Yeah. Which I don't think they mention, but no. you figure it out pretty And I asked and you got annoyed. Yeah. No, this was the one I got annoyed about. No. Oh. That was very soon after. He killed Misery because he doesn't want to write her forever. And then we go to the crash. So he was up there writing his new Misery-less book. The new Misery book was about to come out. Hadn't been released yet, and he's on to his next novel, which does not include Misery. He doesn't want to be typecast. I respect that. And poor Paul is being pulled from the car by an unknown hero. Did you guess who it was at this point? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I wonder if you had no knowledge of this movie, if you would have guessed it was her. No. I bet that would have been a surprise. Yeah. First time seeing it, no knowledge of the movie. The hero throws his grown-ass man on their back and walks off with him. Mm-hmm. That leads me to believe it's definitely not her, because you're going to be a pretty strong motherfucker. I don't know if I could pull Paul Sheldon's lifeless body off the ground and throw him on my shoulders and walk away with him. She gave the most ridiculous, horrible CPR. It was pretty bad. Also, there was no reason for it. He was just, he was conscious. Like, he was just had his eyes open and was fine. She was probably pretty pumped to lock lips with him. With his bloody face. Mm-hmm. You think that would bother this woman? The no. bloody face? No. Probably prefer it. It was Annie, though. She's very strong. She's also his number one fan. I don't think I want a number one fan. mm Because, like, I see this movie. I saw the movie The Fan. I'm not sure I like number one fans. They're always fucking crazy. Annie is a nurse, though, praise the Lord. Are you calling me crazy? Is he my number one fan, or is he the podcast number the one Podcast. Fan? Do we have to bleep his voice, his name out now? Probably. Probably. <sighs> you know that podcast that you that you bleep his name out over and you, over you again. You said it again. I have to do it again now. We said three other kids' names in that podcast, and you didn't beep them out. Oh. Huh. <laughs> That's good. Perfect. I Jen, guess. I guess Jen I told just, me so you I, can beep I, her I guess name I out just too. didn't want to know. I guess I didn't want everybody to know what baby I'm saying fuck that baby about. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. So you say all the other names and then they'll eventually know that it's that one? No, because I don't think they were in the same context. 
I could have said that one's name with those names. No one would know that. Okay. You can tell it's the late 80s because she removes that IV and puts her dirty ass thumb right over the wound. Yeah. Ew. Fucking asking for infection. I don't think they even did that in the 80s. I think they still used gloves. Maybe. I don't know. We were just talking about how our parents probably lit up a cigarette right after giving birth to us. She took him home instead of to the hospital. Uh, Storm is too bad and the phone lines are down. Storm might be too bad. Phone lines. She she doesn't have a fucking phone, so it don't matter. Yeah. (laughs) She she has a fake phone. (laughs) Yeah. We'll eventually find out. She has set it, She sets his leg and put his shoulder back in place. His legs are fucked. They looked so gross. Yeah, that boy will not be going for many walks for a very long time. Now, it's never addressed in the movie. Do you think she did that to his legs while he was unconscious? Or were his legs just that fucked up from the accident? I, I wondered that myself. Because the type of accident he was in does not seem like leg injury accident. It right. seems like neck injury. The separated shoulder, I can buy from that kind of right. accident. The fucked up legs. His legs were real fucked up. Real fucked up. Compound fractures. That doesn't seem like a compound fracture accident. Also, she said compound fracture, but there was no open skin. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe it was on the back. Who knows? But she could have just been lying about the compound fracture. I'm. I bet the book is more detailed. I'm willing to bet she did that to his legs. I don't know. Like, I think there's a better chance than not she did that to him. Because she was already drugging him to keep him out, so. Meanwhile, in NYC, his agent is kind of worried. Like, she's worried about Paul, of course. Mm -hmm. Nobody's heard from this man. She gets Sheriff Buster on the phone. Buster promises he's going to call her back, does not take her number. But he does seem to be taking this seriously. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was just an oversight. He's not used to this sort of police work. This That seems like a cool job. Until something like this happens. Being Buster. The sheriff of this tiny town? Yeah. I'm sure it doesn't pay much, but also... All you gotta do is like yell at drunks and shit. That's, that's cool. And his wife's his deputy. Yeah. I, I could get into that job. It turns out Annie didn't find him by chance. She was straight up stalking him. But she talks about it sweetly while she's shaving him, so it isn't such a red flag yet. She wants to read his new manuscript. Of course she can. She saved his life. Paul isn't going to deny her this opportunity. Right? Right. You would do the same. Buster, like we said, he he is taking this seriously. He's at the lodge. He's doing good police work. Finding leads. Mm-hmm. This guy that you expect to not take it seriously is taking it seriously. And Annie, for to her credit, is a doting caretaker. She's feeding him tomato soup. Mm-hmm. Although, who wants tomato soup without a grilled cheese? Yeah. Would you no, ever not, eat tomato no, soup? No, not at all. Never. Never, ever. You made that toma- tomato bis- bisque one time? Yeah. And that was good, but yeah. I still wanted Go yeah. cheese with it. Yeah. I mean, I ate a couple spoonfuls by itself, you know, like in between, but like, no, yeah. it needed a grilled cheese. Yeah. It Who always, eats tomato soup without grilled cheese? I think it always needs a grilled cheese. In fact, my macaroni and cheese, I'm a big stewed tomatoes on the mac and cheese guy. Ew. What do you mean, ill? It's basically the same thing. Okay. It's okay, but do not put tuna in there. No, that's what my dad does, and he's a fucking, <clears throat> he's a goddamn menace, because he puts tuna in. 
He used to always ruin our tuna with the or our fucking macaroni and cheese with the tuna. Mac mac and cheese. You're like, well, I'd love to eat it, but it has fucking tuna in it. Ew, it's so gross. I guess it's just tuna helper. Like that's a thing, but it's fucking disgusting. And don't do that. You don't put cat food in your macaroni and cheese. She drops another little hint here. His pain comes on like clockwork, because it's her. She's doing this shit to him. She does have a problem with the swearing in the book, though. The manuscript. Yeah, the manuscript. She she has some morals. She might kill some babies, break your, break your legs, but don't curse. Don't swear. Don't swear. It's a big deal to her. Mm-hmm. She spilled the soup because of it, mm-hmm. and the cracks are starting to show, and she blamed him. She spilled the soup and blamed him. Classic sociopathic behavior. She loves him, though. His mind, his creativity. Mm-hmm. Red flag is like rustling a bit in the wind at this point. But we're back to Buster. I like Buster. And I don't think, I think they did Buster dirty in this movie. I don't think this had to happen to him. What happened to him later on? Don't think it had to happen. But he has Virginia driving him. And she's like rubbing his leg. He yells at her. Like like she's the man. It's very emasculating. It's emasculating to have your leg rubbed? It's like a meme on the internet right now that the woman drives you and rubs your leg. Cause you're the what bitch. if you're driving you're and I rub your leg? No, that's different. I'm that's driving. Fine. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. So I can't reach over and rub your leg if I'm driving. I mean, you can because I'm secure in my masculinity. Oh, okay. You can rub my leg if you and want. And because I'm a lesbian, so it's okay? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's fine. That That really had nothing to do with my reasoning. Oh, okay. I just think it bolsters the argument. This is like what small town sheriffs should do. Drive around with their horny wife. Their horny old lady wife. Yeah, she would rather be in bed with the sheriff. Yeah, and I can't say I blame her. It's fucking cold and shit. A so, bro- so you were you were that into Buster? Is that what you're telling me? You'd rather be in bed with the sheriff too? I'd rather be in bed with um, Virginia. Okay. I like him a little older, so... Yeah. A broken branch grabs his attention whilst she tries to grab his limb. Limb is the penis. I I get it. You had to write that one down? No, I could be a writer, though. Okay. Like, like that kind of metaphor work? That's... Yeah, it's great. You did a good job. very descriptive. He was so close to finding the car. A -hmm. little more snowmelt, he would have found it. Yep, it was right there. And who drives by as they're leaving? Annie fucking Wilkes. She's home. Guess what she has? Misery's Child. Not really Misery's Child. That's the name of his newest book. It just Mm -hmm. came out. She claims to have called the hospital and he's in no danger. Hospital will send an ambulance once the road's open. It is open. She just drove on it. Like, the lies are untenable at this point. Yeah. Those... Those lies are like... When a two-year-old lies. Yeah. They got chocolate all over their mouth. And they're like, no, I didn't eat the cookie. Yeah. Like, like you're just on the road, bitch. Like, I know you were because you, you bought the book. Yeah. You drove into town. But she's batshit. And she thinks she can just talk her way out of anything. Yeah. Like, this this guy is supposed to lie in bed and believe that they plowed the bookstore road before they plowed the hospital road. Yeah. Ridiculous. And the road to her fucking house in the middle of nowhere is plowed, but they're they're still working on that hospital road. Get the fuck out of here. 
She also claimed to have called the agent despite the phones being down. So she almost got caught in a lie there because he said, oh, the phones are back up. And she said, only there. Like, mm-hmm. this is this is two-year-old lying. This is this is, this is a kindergartner yep. lying. Red flag is not quite straight, but it doesn't touch the pole anymore at this point. So far, she loves the book. It's not just great. It's perfect. And, like, you can see out the window and he can see out the window. You can see the ground mm-hmm. at this point. The snow is melting. Mm-hmm. Like, the roads are fine. Like, he has to know this. He's, he has to be like, fuck, I can see the dirt. The roads are the roads are fine. Even if they didn't plow them, they're fine. Mm-hmm. But it's time to meet Misery. Misery is a pig. Which, of course, Misery is a pig. What else would Misery be? I was surprised. Yeah, you were surprised because you thought the pig's name was Paul. <sighs> I'm not good with names. No. You try your best, though, and I appreciate that from you. She's on page 300. It's better than perfect. It's divine. She is so fucking pumped about this book. I have been this pumped about books and been let down. Not to the level she's been, but I have been there. I've been this... I've gotten to the end of Stephen King books and... Fuck you, Stephen King, I said. (laughs) Fuck you. What, what was I was like that with Nicholas Sparks. Yeah, there was this Stephen King book called The Revival. The end of it. Spoiler alert. Okay. There's there's like fucking ants in hell or something. It fuck off with your fucking ants. Fuck you, Stephen King. With your child orgy. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's pretty fucking gross, Stephen King. Fucking better go to therapy at some point. Now though, Annie talks about her husband. He left her. Left her. Mm-hmm. very loosely i mean he did leave yeah because she fucking killed him yeah she became a workaholic she lost herself in misery she is obsessed with misery she only has two chapters left all this while paul was pissing in a jug yeah the, the, the man is laid up in a bed bedridden cannot walk let him piss in peace at least have some fuck. give him some fucking dignity she's off to finish the book I have to think Paul's like, oh my fucking God, no. Do not finish this fucking book. Do you think? He was excited that it was over. Like, Well, yeah. But I don't I don't think he realized how, th- deeply, how crazy she was yet. And how deeply people cared about misery. Yeah. Nighttime, door opens. Annie is pissed. Paul? Paul's a dirty birdie. He's a dirty birdie. Annie is screaming and shaking the bed. She's breaking tables. Red flag is stick straight now. This is red flag in a hurricane. This is a hurricane level red flag. Yes. The only time it touches the pole is because it got whipped around so hard to touch the pole. She admits it all. She never called. He is going nowhere. No one knows he is there. Mm -hmm. She let it all out. And she's fucking leaving, which I would be thrilled if I was Paul. And for whatever reason, he fucking gets out of bed and crawls away. But, like, his legs are so fucked. What's he going to do? Right. What's he going to do if he gets outside in the snow? Yeah. I I guess, in theory, he's looking for a phone. Oh, yeah. But, like, if you can make it to a phone. He's having trouble making it to that door. Yeah. What if the phone's in her fucking bedroom? His his legs... What if her phone is upstairs? Yeah, that's what I mean. What if it's in her bedroom? What's he going to do? Fucking slither up there? When I got my knee surgery the first time, when I got home, I had to slither up the fucking stairs to go pee like that. It's horrible. But I had use of a leg. 
It's yeah, you had one. Yeah, I had one. His legs are like the color and size of fucking Grimace's legs. Yeah, that was so They're gross. disgusting. He's at the door. Supposedly, the police are working closely with the state police and the FBI, which apparently was true because he's with mm-hmm. the state police a bunch. I thought that was going to be like him appeasing her. No. The FBI know where to be seen, and if they are, they really didn't do much fucking police work. Next day, it appears. Annie is back. She is concerned because Paul is on the floor. But Annie has a surprise for him. She also lets out that her thoughts get muddy, and she couldn't remember all those things on the witness stand in Denver. Paul's got to be like, oh my God. Yeah. How did this happen? How did this happen to me? The red flag is fucking smoking. Because the flag is made out of fire. Just like his manuscript is going to be made out of fire. Because the surprise is a grill for his fucking manuscript. Mm-hmm. She's forcing him to burn his book. He tries to bluff her. But his poker face ain't too good. And he, she knows him. Like he did a, an interview about it before. Yeah, you would, you would think it would be hard to come up with all this information about the guy back then. Now you could do it because of the internet. But she had to fucking get this shit analog like tv mm-hmm. newspapers shit like that she is a big fan well she had a whole scrapbook of them yeah he says everyone has it already but they don't and she knows it he never makes a copy he's very superstitious and he doesn't want to burn it so she starts dousing him in lighter fluid mm-hmm. you either gonna burn it or you won't burn i would burn my book the flag is smoking he lit the match he burned the book. And her curtains. And she's like surprised that there's a fire. Yeah. She's like, well, she's like, heavens to Betsy. Heavens, heavens to Betsy. Betsy. Heavens to Betsy. Where did this fire that I made this man start come mm-hmm. from? Like, what a fucking psycho. It's fine. Now, if he survives, this will be an amazing book. He can just write this as the book. Very meta. Buster is in a helicopter searching. He's right above the Wilkes farm. He is right the fuck there. This man, when he finally figures it out, has to be like, Jesus Christ, I was right there so many times. Paul's devastated about his book, but he's also suspicious of the medicine. Finally. And while Annie's watching TV, Paul is carving a little hiding spot for his pills. Very mm-hmm. good idea. Mm-hmm. And now it's time for Paul's surprise. A new studio. He needs to write a new book. A new novel. His greatest achievement. Misery's return. Mm-hmm. He also finds a bobby pin here, which is like his fucking lifeline. So he's moved from combative to flirtatious. But then he makes the mistake of telling her she got the wrong paper. She does everything for him. And he can't just be happy. Everything. Everything, including kidnapping him and holding him hostage. Arguably crippling him. And... Giving him drugs that he doesn't need or want. poisoning him. And forcing him to write a book. And burn his other book. Burn, yes. Yeah. This is everything. This is... This is exactly the fucking crazy narcissistic abuser. I agree. And she plays it well. She really does. Like, if me and Kathy Bates fell in love, I'd be scared of her still. (laughs) I'd probably still be fucking scared of her. Like, I want her to be like... Like like a grandma at this point. Mm-hmm. That's how I want to look at her. But I can't. I see her in other movies. And I'm, I'm like, she is going to 
put a board between Sandra Bullock's legs and break her ankles. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. But she's gone. That was the point to get rid of her. It's bobby pin time. He's going to pick the lock and get to the phone. Somehow that, that worked. He's free. And he got the phone. Finally, this movie can end. Mm-hmm. But it's fake, mm-hmm. which is fucking weird. Missing all the pieces inside. She has a decorative phone. That's now, normal. I wonder if it was a decorative phone. Or if she like gutted or it. Or if she took it apart in case he got out. Yeah. Which I think is probably what happened. He needs to get to the back room, though, because here comes... He needs to get back in his room, though, because here comes Annie. This man almost broke her penguin. Like, this is a dangerous game he's playing. He's just snooping. Like, this is pointless. He's just snooping. That's bad. Mm -hmm. Snooping is bad. Don't snoop. You were foiled. Get back in that fucking room before she comes home. Like, I was hoping he was going to find a weapon now. He eventually does. But, like, I I, I'm surprised he could relock the door. He had trouble unlocking it. It seems like relocking it would be even harder. Mm Mm-hmm. Annie is home. Paul is rightfully terrified. He somehow locks that fucking door with a bobby pin. Yeah, and he's all sweaty. Yeah, like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And he starts begging for his pills because he has a pack of the pills hanging out of his goddamn pants. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you, know, you should feel those on your dick. Like, if you don't feel those on your dick, you didn't put them in far enough. <laughs> but he is making some good moves. He's in a tight spot, so to say. Boys, we're in a tight spot. The car has been found. Sadly, though, they're pronouncing him dead because he's not in the car, mm-hmm. which is a wild fucking assumption. Oh, this guy's not in the car. He must be dead. What? Opposite. That is the opposite. Yeah. Of what you should think. If he's in the car, okay, he's dead. He's not in the car. He's he must missing. be dead. Yeah, he's he's a missing man. Buster knows because he sees where someone pried the fucking door open. Yep. What I don't understand... Why didn't Buster share that information? Why did he just let everybody go on thinking he's dead? Maybe just because he was too small town, he didn't want them to call him crazy? Yeah. Maybe he wanted to be the one to figure this out? Maybe, but I mean, also you could be like, hey guys, before before we have the news conference, look at this. Yeah. Somebody pried this door open. He might be alive. Anyway... Paul is smelling and tasting his pills. I guess he's trying to see if they're different than what's in the pack. What she's giving him is different than what's in the pack. Yeah, I was wondering why I did that. Yeah, because I'm assuming they are real just painkillers. But what she's doing is putting something else in them after she gets them. Because mm. she never brings them in in the pack. They're always She always brings them in right. in her hand. She never opens the pack in there, which is what a normal person would do. Yeah. Bring the pack in, open it in there. So I'm assuming he thinks that she's putting something else in them mm-hmm. or worst case scenario they are as advertised and he's just trying to save a bunch of it yeah. for his eventual plan the writing begins it's just a bunch of fuck it's just fuck a bunch of times if he would give that to annie she would be very upset oh yeah because that's says, what i was worried that, fuck, she, fuck, fuck. that she was gonna see all the f words yeah and... find it oh my god spill fucking soup all over him again yeah drown him in soup Sadly, she doesn't like what he's written much better than fuck a bunch of times. Except the gravedigger was named um, Wilkes. She kind of dug that. Yeah. Because she's dark and she does have a, a sort of dark sense of humor. So she was into that. She said he could keep that. 
but he's rewritten and Annie fucking loves it. How much does she love it? She's going to put on her Liberace records. Mm-hmm. And he asks her for dinner. So you know fuckery's afoot. The mm-hmm. man has a plan. Paul has been let out of his room. And Annie really dolled herself up. She, she did. Cute. I like how you had to force that out of your mouth. Yeah. Cute. Cute. She's too crazy. Like, there's a good crazy when it comes to a significant other. Case in point, you. Hey. I say good crazy. You say crazy. Carolyn. Richard. You're not crazy at all. Thank you. You're welcome. You fucking lying. See, the man can't win. Nope. I either call you crazy and get yelled at, or I call you not crazy and get yelled at. Because you're lying. You think I'm crazy. Carolyn, do you think you're crazy? I'm about to go crazy. You about to see crazy. Do you know do you know how you can tell when you're revving up to crazy? Cause when you say, I'm about to get crazy, you say it very country. <sighs> I'm gonna go full southern on you. I think it's cute though, so And everybody else thinks it's cute too. When you go full Southern, everybody likes that. When I go full Southern crazy? Well, on me, people really like that. Oh. But when you get that little twang in your voice, people think it's adorable. Yeah, well, you don't want to hear my mouth when I get full crazy. I hurt your feelings. Yes. Yes. That is very true. The things she say cannot be taken back. (laughs) So don't push it. (laughs) That man pours a large glass of wine. He's trying to get Annie good and drunk. Yeah. But he's going to drug her ass. That's why he was saving all those fucking pills. She dumps it everywhere, though. She spills it. The best Do you think plans. it was on purpose? Do you I... think she thought maybe he did that? Or no. do you think it was just an accident? No, because I think if she thought he did it... She would have made him drink it or she something? She would have made him drink it. She would have said, let's switch or something like that. Mm-hmm. Which also would have been cool. But there was enough suspense in the movie that I don't think they needed to do yeah. that. Yeah. He's back at it now, writing away. Buster, also at it. He's reading the damn misery books himself. So he's going to learn about him through the fucking misery books. The shitty thing is, he's probably writing an awesome book. Like He is probably writing a fucking sweet book Mm -hmm. that he could sell. His best work, even. His number one fan seems to think so. And Mm -hmm. who knows better than that? Annie's depressed now. The rain gives her the blues. It takes months and months and even years to write a novel. And you're trying to tell me he's almost done with his book and he still has to wear a sling on just a dislocated arm? Yeah, I don't know how long this movie takes place. I'm assuming two weeks at tops, this movie. That is not long enough to write a whole book. Because there's no way she wouldn't have killed him. If it was more than two weeks. Yeah. that's what, So I'm thinking it's about two, three weeks tops. Um, she admitted she loves not just the writer, but the rest of him too. Mm-hmm. And she knows he doesn't love her, which... Mm-hmm. Solid fucking detective work, lady. Yeah, You're a job. goddamn lunatic. She is worried about losing him. Book is almost done. Leg's almost healed. It's weird because it sounds like she intends to let him go after he writes this book. Yeah, it does. 
Which I, I that cannot be the case. She also has a gun. She sometimes thinks about using it. She might be putting bullets in her gun. That'd be too easy, though. And God knows what she would do with the fucking bullets. She probably wouldn't just fucking take herself out with them. They never do. And she's leaving. <clears throat> Paul, for his part, is grabbing a knife. Which, yes, grab yeah. a knife. In the words of the angry video game nerd, get the knife. Buster Loki loves this guy's books. Yeah, he's having he's, a good time. He's fucking into them. Mm-hmm. And again, Paul can't just grab a fucking knife. One he, of these days, I want to have you read one of my smutty books. I'll read one. I don't it. give a fuck. I'll read one. All right. Preferably like aliens. <laughs> you want the alien ones? Yeah, with the, the, the dick prongs or whatever the fuck they had. <laughs> I don't understand why Paul always has to snoop. I guess it's so you get more of the story. But like, motherfucker, don't pressure luck. Get the knife. Go to bed. This is where we find out, though, her husband didn't leave her. He died. And mm-hmm. so did a fuckload of other people that we will not count. We're Including not counting babies. these people. Yeah, many babies. Um, she's one of those killer nurses. The Dragon Lady, which is a shitty nickname, and I don't understand yeah, it. I don't, why did they call her that? I don't know. I tried to look it up on Google today a little bit. I couldn't really find anything concrete about it. I wonder if maybe in the book there's an explanation. But if the press just calls her the Dragon Lady, that don't make no goddamn yeah, sense. Yeah, that's weird. Paul's in bed practicing his knife skills. Annie is home. And she goes to bed instead. So Paul did all that knife knife skills for nothing. Another plot foiled, so the knife goes between the bed and the box spring. Thunder crashes. You got jump scared. I did. You asked me in the beginning of the movie if there were any jump scares. I'm like, I don't think so. And there's no way I would have remembered that. (laughs) Fucking weird. It got me. So you were jump scared as many times in this movie as you were in all of the Fear Street movies combined. There were no jump scares in those. There must have been one because you had one. Annie shoots him up with something. Now she's going to the hard stuff. He is fucking out. He wakes up in a stupor and he's strapped to the bed. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because mm-hmm. that ceramic penguin was facing the wrong way. It always faces due south. She also found the knife, which is not surprising because she had to strap him to the fucking bed. And also, if she noticed that penguin was facing the wrong way, then she obviously noticed that her giant knife was missing. Right, and he he ugh, she knows he read the scrapbook because I'm sure he didn't put it back to the fucking page it was. But yeah, for a snoop, this motherfucker isn't very careful. Right, he's a kind of a klutz. And here we go. I had no idea that this was going to happen. You knew. Oh yeah. And Candace knew. Oh, yeah. And Jen knew. Oh, yeah. And everyone's watching me and waiting for my reaction. Uh, people were texting you. Yes. Like, Candace was big sad that you didn't record my reaction. I probably should have, but taking notes on my phone. I squealed. You screamed louder than Paul. And covered my eyes with my hands. When you removed your hands from your eyes, I thought you were crying. <laughs> It looked like you were crying. It was rough. I was not crying. So, that's one of the most iconic scenes in a horror movie ever. It was crazy. I hate, hate, hate seeing 
broken bones. Like, I'm fine afterwards. I hate watching it happen. Like, I could be, like, an ER nurse or something and have to deal with, like, broken-ass bones and compound fractures and... The aftermath. Yeah, I, but, like, seeing it happen is what makes me sick. And, yeah, you fucking saw it happen. Yeah. Ew. They don't show you the second foot. No. They don't have to. No. One is enough. You know what happens. You're still reliving it in your brain. It is, the like... the first one. It's so, like, primal and... It's a really great scene. It's something. And I guarantee you'll never forget it. No. For some reason, Annie just pulled up to the police station and screamed, you cockadookie. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Why'd she do that? Why'd she scream, you cockadookie? I don't know. She also called someone poop. Yep. You poop. <laughs> but this led to an epiphany by the sheriff. He remembered all of those baby deaths. So he goes and he looks up the story from the newspaper and there's a quote from Annie Wilkes in it. And it was the quote from the book. Yep. Which is good. He did all that research. Then. Yes. This man is a thorough officer. The nation owes him a debt of gratitude. She said that quote after the trial, reading those books paid off so much. This man has a mind like a fucking steel trap. That's the type of shit I would remember, though. Yes. I would remember some stupid things some fucking person I don't know said. Yes. And now Buster's on to her. He's at the store that sells books. He's grilling the shopkeeper. She's been buying typing paper. Case fucking closed, baby. He knows. So is Buster going to head out to the Wilkes farm alone like a dipshit? Yeah, he should have taken his deputy. Like, if you know this lady's killed everybody, you think she has a fucking hostage? Yeah. It's time to let the state police in on the investigation. She kills babies. You yeah. don't just show up. Yeah, if she kills alone. babies, she's going to kill your old man ass. Paul sees the police, but she knocks his ass out. She picked his lifeless body up and carried him to the basement. This is a very strong, very strong. country woman. This is this is a farm girl. Mm-hmm. She's farm girl strong. Buster asks what she knows about Paul, and she gives pretty much his life story. She she basically repeats his Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. Buster comes in. Paul is waking up. She's going to feed this Coco, this man Coco. And you got to hope he's smart enough to not drink that shit. Do you think it was, do you think it had anything in it? Or do you think it was just Coco? I don't know. I kind of think it was probably just Coco. But I know you can't trust this bitch. Dude is just wandering around her house. She goes to make the cocoa. He's like, I'm going upstairs. Even though I didn't ask. Not, it's very suspicious and very unreasonable to do. But nothing. He leaves. Gets out the door. And Paul starts causing a ruckus. Buster runs back inside. He finds the basement door. He looks down. And he gets his entire fucking torso blown out. Yep. From the back. Shot him in the back. Yeah. Now you talk about getting your back blown out. <laughs> this fucking guy had his back blown out. This fucking guy. He is the MVP of getting his back blown out. He is very, 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 very dead. There is no question about it. Right. We are one hour and 36 minutes into this movie. For the first death? For the first death. One hour and 36 minutes. This movie is one hour and 47 minutes. Oh my God. 
There are 11 minutes minutes left in this movie. Wow. No boobs. Rated R. 1990. Two deaths. One jump scare. So we have 11 minutes of this movie left. Mm -hmm. Now her plan is to kill him and herself, which I think was always the plan. Well, the plan was always to at least kill him. I don't know about her. But he's manipulating her. They must finish the book so misery can live on. He did a good job. Yeah. That's the only thing that works on crazy like that. Managed to jam some lighter fluid in his pants. Those pants probably should have been credited in the fucking movie. Because they did a lot of the heavy lifting. (laughs) And he's writing. It's almost done. He needs three things. A cigarette. Champagne. A a match. And Don Prignon. (laughs) She don't know what the fuck she, she don't know how to say it. Don Prignan. So the plan is in motion. It's do or die time. He's going to burn it all. And he's fucking doing it. And she dives down on it. And you were like, why is he lifting up the typewriter all the time? I, I forgot that he fucking brains her with the typewriter. But I think that's why. I don't understand how it didn't knock her out. I, that I mean, typewriter is so... Heavy. In theory, it should have probably fucking killed her. Right. Yeah, it should have <laughs> like, smashed her skull. But it doesn't knock her out. It really, really pisses her off because she calls him a lying cocksucker. Yeah. No cockadookie. She, she swore. No cockadookie. No poop. Mm-hmm. Right to cocksucker. He claws her eyes. She fucking shoots him. And then shoots again and misses. Mm-hmm. So she's out of bullets. He starts jamming the fucking manuscript down her throat. Making Yeah, he's like, You want it, you can eat making it. Making her eat his words. She fell and smashed her stupid face on that typewriter. Which I would think getting hit with a typewriter would kill you more. Right. He ha- just I mean he swung him. it. All yeah. she did was fall. So she's dead. Mm-hmm. And your boy is crawling. They ain't ever dead. They ain't ever if you're dead. crawling. They ain't ever dead if you're crawling. Finally though, he blasts her with an iron pig. Now she's dead. And all I could think about is I wonder if that is where the Lehigh Valley Minor League team got their name. <laughs> the Iron, Iron Pigs. <laughs> because my brain is broken. Mm-hmm. So then Paul is back in New York. They never even address how the fuck he got out of there. Nope. What'd he do? He did not drive. Like his his ankles I'm guessing Virginia Realized that Buster was missing and they found him. I don't know. I guess. Poor Virginia. He's limping around New York, though. No explanation how he escaped. The gunshot wound must have been pretty fucking superficial, even though it looked like she shot him almost in the heart. Mm-hmm. I think it was the shoulder. He's having... The other shoulder. Yeah. So he separated one shoulder, got shot in another. That's mm-hmm. great. It's got to make typing real fucking comfortable. So he's even having hallucinations about her, but he's keeping it together. And honestly, why not? I'm sure he has PTSD. Oh, I would imagine so. It's really wild how this movie essentially wraps up in nine minutes. Mm-hmm. Like the third act of this movie is like 10 minutes long. That's fucking weird. Especially for a Stephen King movie. Yeah. I think it really works, though. Yeah. This movie never felt long. Never felt like a drug on. It was pretty suspenseful the entire fucking movie. Yeah. And that was Misery. Did you love it? 
I did not love it, but I liked it. Ninja? Yeah, I liked it. Misery made $61.3 million on a budget of $20 million. Nice. A big success. I don't know where they spent the $20 million, though. And they got some awards? Yeah, well, she did. Nobody else did. There was a bunch of nominations, but she's the only one that got any reward. Like, James Caan got nominated for some stuff, but he didn't win. She's the only one that won anything. Gotcha. Misery has a 90% critics and audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty rare that they're exactly the same. You like that? I think that's fair, too. This is a great, great fucking movie. So, where do you rank it? After Candyman, before It Follows. Nice. I was pretty surprised it wasn't your favorite. Really? Yeah. You're just such a huge Lost Boys fan. Oh, my God. Hey, I get it. That's one of my favorite movies ever. So, I think that's about it. I think we covered it. There's some questions, like, why they fucking call her the Dragon Lady? Yeah. I would like to know the answer to that one. Yeah, maybe I'll dig a little bit deeper. I'll probably find it out immediately after, like I found out. Yeah, that, you do that all the time. Like I found out that the um, first witch convicted during the Salem witch trial's name was fucking Sarah Good. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, that would have ruined the fucking movie. So I'm glad I didn't fucking know that first. <laughs> so yeah, I think everyone should watch this fucking movie. It's so, so good. It doesn't feel dated. Even with the weird, like, people are smoking cigarettes. There's a rotary phone. I don't think it feels dated. I think it's timeless. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a pretty decent movie. For a horror movie. For any movie. I say what I said. Yes, you did. Do you have anything else to add to this, my love? Nope. Nope. I'm just going to have to call you a dirty birdie for the next few weeks. Dirty birdie? Yes, I've heard it. I am a dirty birdie. Say goodbye, Carolyn. Goodbye, Carolyn.